This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're starting our Christmas month by discussing, wait, you've never seen Christmas in Connecticut? No one else has. Oh, Barbara Stanwyck. I don't think... There's a reason... Anyway, we'll get to this, but there might be a reason this isn't on everyone's list of rewatchable Christmas movies around the holidays. Anyway, up front, some trigger warnings... Um, at the very end of the movie, Jeff chases Elizabeth around the bedroom, and she's like, no, stop! And he's like, ha ha ha, I'm still gonna chase you. So, that was not a great note to end the movie on. It's weird. There's lots of weird things in this movie, though. And there's lots of, like, deprecating insinuations about people who have children who aren't married at the time they have that child oh yeah so some people might be upset by that mm-hmm. anyway why don't you tell me three things you expected from this movie <clears throat> number one i expected a love story okay pretty safe i was looking at the picture of barbara stanwick and uh, jeffrey what's his name what's the actor's name see i'm already his name is Dennis Morgan. Dennis Morgan. Yeah, I don't really know. Sydney Greenstreet played the magazine guy. Yes. The magazine guy was... Alexander Yardley. Yardley. Yeah. Or Mr. Yardley to you. To you. Um, if you're nasty. Second thing, uh, Christmas gets ruined because they don't make it to Connecticut because of the evil plans of local millionaire McHam, played by Sydney Greenstreet. <laughs> just took a stab at God, uh, I just figured he was going to be a villain he just looks doesn't he play some sort of villain in Casablanca with a fez on his head he's um he's the uh, competitor to Rick's nightclub so kind of a, kind, kind of a villain of, yeah I think Broken Hearts uh, uh, Heartbreakers are the uh, are the villain in that uh, movie Wait, that lady who broke uh, Humphrey Bogart's oh, heart yeah. isn't she kind um, of the villain <laughs> yeah, that's a whole complicated movie. Um, Ingrid Bergman. Yeah. Played. Who did she play? I'm I don't so, remember. I'm sorry, I'm leading us down this unnecessary <laughs> rabbit trail. The third thing I expected was to fall asleep. You didn't fall asleep. Uh, spoilers. I don't think you did. I did not. So, uh, did you expect to like it? Well, let, tell me your feeling on Christmas movies in general. Because last year we did a Christmas movie month as well. where so, you Somehow very, we're able to do it again. You very gamely watched um, Patrick Stewart's A Christmas Carol um, because you knew how much I loved him. I love loved Patrick Stewart. him and loved that even though it's a terrible rendition of A Christmas Carol, really. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, but I'd, I'd watch him... I watch videotape of him taking the trash out. I don't care. He's pretty awesome. He's awesome. Um, and Miracle on 34th Street, which 
I don't think you liked either. But anyway, so you don't really have like a a feeling like a warmth in your heart for Christmas movies. You're like the Grinch of you Christmas know, movies. You know, that's not very nice. But it's true. I'm a delicate, delicate flower and you're breaking my heart. <laughs> Oh, I'm the Ingrid Bergman of this situation. Yeah, she. I don't even. I don't know that movie. We should stop talking about it. Maybe. Um, but okay. So I think what you mean to say <laughs> is that you are so into Christmas. That's true. You are very into Christmas, and in a way, like you're not a religious person. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the baby, baby, the beautiful baby Jesus. That's right. Who wasn't born in the winter, by the way. Not born in the winter. It was more like they think it was more like the spring because yeah. that's when they did censuses. Like the March or April or whatever they called it back in those days. Right. I think they called it the sun is not killing us in the desert yet time of year. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I so it's, pecu- it's an interesting, you're an interesting mix of big Christmas fan, but not religious. Right. And it's not like, you know, there are no tiny children who live with us who we have to, you know, be all Christmassy for. Yeah, when I when I go to visit uh, my family for Christmas, I have uh, five nieces and nephews, and it's really easy to be all gung-ho for Christmas for, like, two days. Like, that's about... How much uh-uh. I can be like, okay, here, let's get the Santa Radar app and we can watch. And as soon as he gets here, y'all are going to bed. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I think you're being a little disingenuous <laughs> because you also want to fill, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you want to fill all of your weekends with at least a Christmas movie a day in Probably. the month of December. Probably, yes. <laughs> that's that's fair to say. So that's more Christmas energy than Dis- just a couple of days. Disney Plus has oh, an original oh. Christmas movie called Noel, but it's the name of the woman. It's spelled like N-O-E-L-L-E. Oh, right. So that's on my watch list. Probably sometime when you're taking a nap. You should be on a watch list. Your mama should be on a watch list. Uh, my... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So did you expect to like it or not like it? I gave it two stars. I don't have high hopes for this movie. So I am a little... Okay, so... So It's a Wonderful Life is one of my all-time favorite movies. And it happens to be a beloved Christmas classic. Right. Now, which... Yes. I don't even know if it was always intended to be such. I think we've mentioned before that you and your brother will just quote the, this movie back and forth to each other that's your whole conversation you don't even say hey what's up bro how's it going no. no it's just as soon as you pick up the phone it's like you're talking about mr gower and crap you'll hit my sawyer again <laughs> we're getting sidetracked again wow, sorry okay is... okay so yeah so i didn't have high hopes for it because uh despite my love of it's a wonderful life i don't particularly go out of my way to watch Christmas movies. That's I'm, true. And and I have a I have a hard time with older movies. There are some older movies that I just love, like uh, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. That was I, a good one. I thought that was fantastic. There are ones that I love, uh, you know. Um, anyway. I, but I have a hard time sometimes with these with these old-timey movies. 
So, what was your one sentence TV guide summary? <clears throat> Christmas time means romantic comedy for two unlikely lovers frolicking through a winter wonderland and into each other's hearts. <laughs> that sounds very much like it could be, um, you know, like when you're when you're going to see the newsreel before the talking picture, you know, during wartime. That's the voice they use. That's right. <laughs> Even little Johnny's helping in the rubber drive. <laughs> Go on, little fella. <laughs> right? And he's got just one little pathetic piece of rubber. And right. a big pile of rubber. Right. <laughs> but he's helping, too. So would you like to hear what IMDb had to say? Sure. The rest of the podcast will be done in this voice. It, hey, it won't. You know it, I have the power of editing for, like, your part of the conversation can just be, like, blank air. Yes, ma'am. And I'll just be, like, me talking to myself, which is not very interesting. Well, they'll teach me. <laughs> See how contrite I sound even now? Okay, what does IMDb say about this movie? Okay, so this is Christmas in Connecticut from 1945. It's not rated. It's an hour and 41 minutes, and it's a comedy romance. And it says, A food writer who has lied about being the perfect housewife must try to cover her deception when her boss and a returning war hero invite themselves to her home for a traditional family Christmas. You know what? This movie is way more complicated than that. <laughs> like, we don't meet that writer until... Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, how did things uh, meet your expectations? So, it was basically a love story. Mm-hmm. Christmas kind of... Christmas in this movie is quite incidental. Like, they're like, okay, it's Christmas morning. Like, I know there's no kids there, but they don't even want to, like... Well, there are two kids there. That's part of the farce. Oh, well, the babies. Yeah. Uh, there's no permanent babies. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, this was like as French farce as you can get without actually having um, doors that are right next to each other. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Sydney Green Street was a local millionaire. Well, well, a millionaire, but not an evil guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not fall asleep. I was... I was really trying to understand what the hell was going on. <laughs> did you expect... Um, I have two questions about what you might have expected. Is Did you expect um, it to start with a battle scene? And My, did you expect for people to get arrested? So, I did not expect people to get arrested. My very first note, though, when you know we start taking notes after the movie starts... Mm -hmm. It's a war movie in the beginning... Darn it, I thought that it might be that, but I didn't I didn't guess that. I was going to guess that, <laughs> and I should have guessed, like... Well, and it's not really a war movie. The war movie just sets up why this guy is going to go to her farm. Yeah, it's not a war movie. It's a war... Sorry, it, it's a war scene. It's a war scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as that Jeffrey guy... Um, <laughs> He's like, they're like adrift at sea for like two, 15 days, which should kill you, by the way. Yeah, I, I wondered about their water situation. Like, okay, maybe 
you have enough rations, you can last 15 days. But water... But water... How, yeah. Like, there is a way to collect, and I suppose they would have... A soldier would have... A filter? Not uh, a filter, but they would have training. Like, there's a way to take plastic and collect rainwater. Mm-hmm. Um, those desalinate... I don't know if they, they even had desalinators in, in World War II. Yeah, anyway, as soon as Jeffrey goes... Well, Sinkowitz, and I'm like, oh, we're not, we're never gonna see this guy again. Like this is, <laughs> you don't, you don't make up a joke name for a fella if I have to keep seeing him. <laughs> so, um, has your opinion changed since you watched this movie? What's your star rating now? I mean, I'll give it a little, a two point five. I'll give you a little more. Really? I thought it would go down. <laughs> well. I, by virtue of the fact that I didn't fall asleep, <laughs> it was at least entertaining. That's true. That's true. Like, it kept me interested. I wouldn't... Well, I don't want to say entertained. It <laughs> it, kept me, it kept me distracted enough. Occupied. Focused. And, and what else can you ask for a movie but to be... Uh... So, I noticed... So, once Jeff and Sinkowitz get <laughs> rescued off the life raft... Right. They're kind of sleazeballs in the beginning. Like They're real Jeff, jerks. Jeff is kind of a sleazeball. Like, he's supposed to be the hero later, the love interest. But Sinkowitz basically says, hey, if you promise to marry one of these nurses, she'll give you she'll give you good food instead of this egg floating in milk. Oh, you give that to a sick person? That's Which disgusting. I, I Googled it to see if that was, like, a real thing. Because I'm like, I've never heard of this, but, you know... I, who knows? Maybe it's an old wives' tale or something. But I couldn't find anything about it. Like maybe it was just a funny visual because they actually they show you like a top-down view of the like what looks like a like a fried egg just floating on top of milk, which yeah. looked pretty disgusting compared to like the steak and potatoes that Sinkowitz was happily right. eating. So he promises to marry Mary. Already the nurse Mary Lee, um, who has so, like a, well, this was before Lucille Ball, but she had a, she had a yeah. Lucille Ball vibe about her. It wouldn't have surprised me if she had red hair, right? But it was a black and white movie. Um, but she was also the one that you said I can't stand him, right? Yeah, she was just barely beating back that Brooklyn accent or whatever that was. That's from our Singing in the Rain episode. Oh, God. Can we never <laughs> mention that movie again, please? <sighs> Good morning. So. Good mo sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, oh, he wait. promises to marry Nurse Mary Lee so he can get good food instead of the crappy food he's been getting. So, the fact that they're engaged, in air quotes, is important to the story later on. So, before we move on from the hospital scene, Sinkowitz says, describing his behavior and how he's somehow tricking the nurse, he goes, oh, I'm using the old Magoo. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. Cause he, I have a feeling it was a, they coined the phrase. Sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say, I, when I hear Magoo, I think of Mr. Magoo. And that doesn't fit <laughs> with what they were doing please continue i can't see very well and hilarity ensues 
I missed my goal. So, yeah, I have a feeling that they may have coined that phrase because they immediately, Sinkowitz immediately describes what it is. And what it, it's essentially like, he, he's, uh, he's catfishing the nurse. Like, he's tricking her into thinking that he's into her. Uh-huh. And, oh, we're going to get married and, you know, like manipulating. Yeah. So I guess the old Magoo is just manipulating the way we were describing which is uh, which is terrible. Yeah. So, well, we'll get to the end when we find find out that. But I have a question about that later. Anyway, sorry. Okay. So we kind of have like three basic storylines going on here, right? At the same time. Right. We have Jeff is the war hero. So, um, so Sydney Greenstreet's character Yardley wants to get good press by having him go to Elizabeth Lane's farm in the country. Air quotes. Air quotes. Then we have Elizabeth Lane lying about who she is because she's not this perfect housewife who lives on a farm in Connecticut and can cook these lavish dinners and, you know, she's a perfect decorator and all of these other things. She really just lives, like, in a studio apartment in New York somewhere and she's not married she doesn't have any kids she can't cook it's the person downstairs that does all the cooking for her felix Mm -hmm. and then we have the weird engagement between elizabeth and john sloan where she doesn't love him and he knows that she doesn't love him but they're still going to get married anyway but they have to do it in secret because of this whole elizabeth lying about who she is so this John Sloan, who has one of those thin little fussy mustaches, mm-hmm. uh, he is a co-worker of Liz. Does he also work on the paper? No, he's an architect. No, he's an architect. But just a friend of Liz. Well, he's... Elizabeth. He's very interested in her. He's in love with her. Right, but I'm just I'm trying to... I'm not sure I'm how they to, met. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where he fits in. Because, again, this is, you know... I, I've said that before we started recording. I'm not very smart for movies like this with too many things going on. I don't remember if they said how they met. Maybe not. I mean, the, I wouldn't put it past them to add another layer of complication to explain another thing. So the preacher that they keep having to sort of like sneak in and sneak out. Right. And the preacher kind of doesn't know for most of the movie that... Uh, it needs to stay a secret thing, right? Their 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 wedding, and he just laughs at everything and never asks why he has to leave through a window. I think I think that man is a hero. <laughs> he just lets life happen, and nothing is getting him down or bothering him. He's just living his life and letting everyone be ridiculous. Also, right? Love that. So, basically, it's interesting that you mention Arsenic and Old Lace because this movie made me think of Arsenic and Old Lace where, you know, you're trying... So, Elizabeth's fiancé has conveniently has a farm in Connecticut that we can use right. to stage this whole, um, this whole farce, this whole charade or whatever. So her boss, Sidney Greenstreet's character, can be duped. Right. So, 
it's basically about Elizabeth trying to constantly hide the fact that she can't cook or take care of a kid right um from both the from both Jeff and Mr. Yardley so to me something that was interesting was how much was made of the morality of them not being married and having yeah. a kid at the same time so the way they got the kid was a nearby group of ladies were working in the war plant while they work different shifts and sometimes need somebody to take care of their kids. Well, the housekeeper there, Nora, will normally take care of the kids. So they just conveniently used one of those kids to be like, oh, this is the baby. Because she had talked about having a baby in her right. column. Mm-hmm. So she had to have a husband and a baby and a farm. So when Nora finds out... She kind of knows what's going on. Like, she knows they're not yet married. She knows there's kind of this deception going on. So when they go upstairs and it looks like um, John and Elizabeth are going to go in John's bedroom together, Mm -hmm. she, in her very Irish Catholic sensibilities, has to quit that very moment because of all the immoral things She's ever seen in her life. This is just appalling. <laughs> then, as soon, <laughs> then as soon as they say, oh, no, we were just waiting until the judge gets here, the preacher, whoever. Then all of a sudden she's buddy, buddy. And, oh, I'm so happy for y'all. And this is great news. And then when they're, when they're standing in front of the preacher and they start hearing the baby cry. And then the preacher's like, a baby? What's going on here? Like, clearly they're not married, so they're no, not supposed to have a baby, so then you have to, like, find an explanation for that. It was a big mess. It was a big mess. It was. Also, Jeff's singing voice does not match his look at all. And that's all I have. Can we talk about fake piano playing for, <laughs> for just a little bit? So, Virginia here uh, can play the piano. It's true. And it's fun watching her watch movies when there's a fake piano playing where they move the camera in such a way where you can't really see the hands. Or they just show close-ups of a real piano player yeah. actually playing. Yeah. And then later you see it from a different angle. And they'll be... So the the higher keys are to the right and the lower keys are to the left on a piano. Right. As you're, as you're sitting at the... As you're sitting at the piano. Right. Yes. <laughs> right, when you're facing the keyboard. So when someone goes, does that thing where where the where the notes all go up, and they're going to the left, <laughs> they're going the wrong way. I love that. All I want is to, to pretend you know what you're doing. <laughs> like, go the right. T- I, I accept that you're not actually pushing the keys down. Not everybody can play the piano. That's fine. But... <laughs> Put in some effort, at least. Like, the rhythm, you know, make your hands go at least at the same point as the rhythm. <laughs> instead of just, you know, I say I do this like people listening can she, see what I'm she, saying. She's like making two little spiders out of her hands and just sort of uh, puppeting them up and down. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, just, just 
do some research, for God's sake. Yeah, Michael J. Fox, when he played the guitar in Back to the Future, uh-huh. he had a guitar guy who sat there and taught him how to play guitar. Like, well, convincingly fake guitar. Right, yeah. Where you look at it and it's not completely ridiculous. Which, speaking of piano playing, mm-hmm. so they go upstairs and they everybody goes upstairs to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yardley and Jeff and Elizabeth and John. Then Elizabeth and John are going to sneak back down to, you know, the preacher's going to marry him. Then Elizabeth starts playing the piano. I'm like, no, it's you just loud. snuck down here <laughs> because you're trying to be secret. But then I'm like, is she sabotaging it because she doesn't really want to marry him and she's hoping someone will come down and be like, what's going on here? And they'll have to pretend they don't know what's going on. Virginia. Yes. Freud says there are no mistakes. <laughs> okay. She did, wanted. Did Freud watch this movie? Yes. Okay. Love. I give it four stars. He didn't sound like that. I, I yeah, I don't think I don't think so. No. Um so just one more thing about fake piano playing. I would love to like cut in. So they're doing something that's not definitely not playing the piano, but you could just kinda see their arms. Mm-hmm. I would love to cut in footage of someone like just like pulling taffy or building <laughs> building <laughs> things out of clay. Like what is it that their hands are really doing? Because it's not playing the piano. <laughs> so, are you ready for the Bechtel test? One more quick thing. Okay. The cow their cow is called <laughs> Sorry. I did not expect that reaction. Their cow is called Makushla. Makushla is the main female character in Million Dollar Baby. I just think that's a little weird for them to name <laughs> the character in Million Dollar Baby after a cow. Maybe they didn't. But yeah, it's just maybe it's they a, didn't. it's a it's a, I've never heard that name outside of uh, that movie. So, the Bechdel test. I think we we passed. Is right? that your guess? Yes. Yes, it did pass. I it wasn't it wasn't on the Bechtel test movie site and I've gotten a little lazy and dependent on that. So, um I wrote down one instance that I definitely remember, but there are probably a couple more like between Nora and Elizabeth that mm-hmm. I probably just didn't write down. Um so when Eli- when Miss Gertzig comes by to drop off a different baby. Right. <laughs> so that's one of the things, too, is because different women go to work at the war plant, they drop off different babies, and how does Elizabeth explain that the baby looks completely different and is also a completely different gender? Well, the one... She, she said the she said to Jeff that the baby supposedly just swallowed a, a, a watt, a pocket watch, and that's why... <laughs> that's why it looks blonde. <laughs> Instead no, of, like, a brunette. Oh, I thought it was because, um, no, wait. The baby was frazzled for some reason. I can't, I, I'm not sure if it was, there was the watch. So, um, Felix was trying to sabotage the marriage between, um, John and Elizabeth. Yes. So he pretended that the baby swallowed the watch so they would stop the, that attempt at the ceremony and they would all come running in to take care of the baby who swallowed the watch, but really it was in Felix's hat the whole time. He could have... We're not going to check your pockets, Felix. He could have just put it in... (laughs) Just unhook it from your belt loop and just put it in your pocket, okay? 
So um, Elizabeth and Miss Gertz just talk about watching her baby where she's like, oh, well, Nora normally does this and Mrs. So-and-so who had dropped the baby off yesterday, you know, said it would be no problem. So here, take the baby. Have a nice day. I got to go to work. Yes. And Elizabeth the whole time is like, wait, wait, stop. No, come back. It's <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> so are there any pop culture references you now understand? Uh, no, I don't. I think this this movie, I think, was has been lost to time a little bit. Womp womp. Yeah, you know what? They did not make Magoo happen. I no. don't... <laughs> not gonna happen no. um so how would the movie be different with today's technology well i don't know about technology but i do have a thought about this okay liz buys her so liz well when she's in her studio apartment she does want and desire the trappings of the woman she tries to portray herself in in her news in their newspaper column mm-hmm. so she buys herself a mink coat and, you know, makes a big show of it. And mm-hmm. she gets to kind of look like the rich person she's pretending to be when she's down at her fake, uh, you know, farmhouse. Well, I don't know that she's really trying to portray herself as a rich person so much as like a happy and fulfilled housewife, no matter what her income level is. I mean, yeah, you'd have to maintain a certain income level to have a farm, but I don't know if Mink Coat fits with farm because of richness you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah i guess that's true that's true um but regardless she does like the trappings that's of, true of wealth yeah she does so i don't think this would happen like in a remake for example i don't think it, that that symbol of wealth that she that goal for herself would have been a mink coat because of all these all these vegan hippies out there. You you're, know the you're a vegan hippie. You know the type. <laughs> I do know the type. <laughs> so it's to me it's like watching people smoking. It's kind of oh, just it's like distracting. Like I don't think this would happen <laughs> today. So it would be like, oh, she bought herself some Louboutins or something like that. Right. Or like a Hermes bag or Yeah. I got you. Well, then you have to worry about child labor laws, but still. (laughs) Well, right. But at least I think a Marc Jacobs bag would be more socially acceptable than (laughs) uh, a mink coat, maybe. Yes. Um, Are you proud of me? Do you want me to come up with another name of... No, I'm impressed. Coach. I know a few. Oh, yeah, Coach. That's a good one. (laughs) That's really confusing. Did you say Louis Vuitton? Uh, You said Louis Vuitton. I said Louboutin. Those are shoes with the oh. red bottoms. Yes, that's I get really them confusing. confused. Yes. So Louis Vuitton and Louboutin. Yes. Louboutins are the red shoes. Yes, the red bottoms. Louis shoes. Vuitton is the, the the bags and clothes. I think it, they probably do clothes too. Anyway, I'm I'm quickly losing interest in my own words, so I'm going to shut up. So um, Mary, Jeff's nurse, that he promised to marry. Oh, Yes. I don't think she would have written a letter to Yardley because remember how she she takes out her nice stationery and gets the fountain pen that is in a literal inkwell. Right. It's like that's one of those moments where like if a kid is if a child is if someone who's like fifteen is watching this, you'd have to like stop it and explain why she's not just pulling out her phone and texting him. 
And then she's like, Dear Mr. Yardley, I, you may remember me from nursing your daughter, mother, back to health from the measles. Yeah. But I'm like, in today's day and age, you're either going to get email, tweet, direct message, um, text, she's like you gonna, were saying. She's going to slide into her his Slide DMs. into the DMs. I have unsuccessfully tried to explain what sliding into the DMs means. I like, I like being a fuddy-duddy old man who doesn't understand what the kids say nowadays. Um, <laughs> but just now thinking, and some of... Some of these videos are are good, and some of them just kind of feel manipulative to me. Okay. Is, like, those videos you'll see on Facebook and Twitter where it's, like, hometown hero returns from um, overseas and, like, the surprises or, like, oh. look at this wounded warrior and we're going to build him a house. Like, it's, it's supposed to tug at your heartstrings, and right. it, it does, yeah. but I... I don't like being manipulated like that. So that that's on me, and I understand that. But that's what I'm saying is you might see, like, one of those heart-wrenching Facebook videos mm. about Jefferson Jones, who nearly starved to death on a life raft in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean yeah. for 15 days. Like, and now, and now he's going to spend his Christmas with this lovely woman who he dreamed about while he was on the life raft. Like... Right. That's the kind of thing that these sappy Facebook videos are made of. And what they what those sappy Facebook videos would leave out is the fact that um, he was he was busy trying to manipulate her to get good food. Right. Right. <laughs> they wouldn't put that part in. Right. Exactly. So I feel like before we we wrap it up, unless you have any other, how the movie would be different. We should say that um, at the very end, um, Mary does reappear in the movie, talking about how she was engaged to be married to Jefferson Jones. And, you know, Elizabeth is like all, oh, how could he lie to me this way? Like, she hasn't been lying to him the whole time that she's married. So then you have the final sort of um, misunderstanding where it's like, Mary really married Sink Sinkowitz, who she, who she calls Sinky. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff is free to be married. Right. Elizabeth breaks it off with uh, John. Yes. That was before she knew Jeff was engaged, but she's able to successfully break that up so they can finally be happy together and slay off into the sunset. <laughs> On their one-horse open sleigh. Lovely. Dashing through the snow. And then mercifully this movie was over. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I don't know I don't know why I like... Like, this isn't one I've watched since childhood or anything. I just <clears throat> happened to be, like, sitting at home a couple years ago, flipping through the Turner Classic movies. Oh, that's and interesting. it happened to be on, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this. And then I'm like... This is kind of this is kind of funny. I like this one. <laughs> so it's not one I own or anything. As our audience may remember, I have a stack, or we have a stack of movies that is for Christmas. Um, but if it's on if it's on Turner Classic Movies, I'll sit there and watch it. Okay, I'll make myself. I'll have something suddenly to go do. Whatever. <laughs> um. 
So you have anything else to discuss? Yes. Okay. So Sydney Green Street was used as a basis for Jabba the Hutt's face. According, I think you're messing with according me. According to special effects master Phil Tippett and one of the... Listen, Phil Tippett was supposed to be the dinosaur supervisor in Jurassic Park, <laughs> and look how that turned out. That's an internet meme. One of the... <laughs> <laughs> that really was his title in... I in, know! <laughs> in Jurassic Park. That's just funny. That's what his job was. Uh, <laughs> but one of the original concept drawings for Job of the Hutt actually had him with a fez on his head and smoking a, you know, smoking a hookah. Uh-huh. I think Sydney Green Street's uh, was smoking a cigar in Casablanca. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. For, and, I didn't know that. That's I, interesting. So I'm looking at his, I was looking at Green Street's face and I, whenever he got upset, I, I thought of him going, Ho ho ho, Archudah. <laughs> She's just staring at me. I'm sadly shaking my head. Oh, solo. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means except solo. So, that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. You don't want me to look at you? So that about wraps it up. You can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. You can find a lot of other great shows there, so check those out. And as for us, just go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching Gremlins. You know the Gremlins song? Gremlins song goes like this. This is Gremlins. This is Gremlins. 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 That's not true. That's not true at all. Thanks for listening. You sound like a disappointed school teacher. (laughs) Trying to have a nice podcast. Ruin it.